Whoa. I don't, wow. Wow. Welcome to The Final Preacher, your weekly podcast where we talk about the Bible, make a playlist, and uh, have surprising intro music. I'm Matt Cato, pastor of St. Mark's Lutheran Church in Los Angeles, California. And I'm Zach Paris. I am the pastor of Lutheran Campus Ministry here at the University of Colorado Boulder. What's uh what's going on at the University of Colorado Boulder this week, Zach? Anything anything happening? Oh, nothing much. Uh, just uh, a couple of days here. We're celebrating. In the past, when this podcast episode comes out, uh, I will be much less anxious uh, because uh, on Saturday, i.e., yesterday, we celebrated our seventy fifth anniversary with a bus tour and program and stuff. And I'm sure the weather was great and all the logistics worked out fine. And we raised five hundred thousand dollars. Woo! If we're Successful. looking for donors, though, Matt, we can go to one university, former employee of the university, who was relieved of their duties and given $8 million to walk away from them. Uh, shout out to the head coach, of the former head coach of the Colorado Buffaloes. I've been working on my resume. Look forward to applying for that position so that I can be bad at it and be paid to go away. Wow. I, I missed that piece of news. Is that the football coach? That's correct. Gotcha. So I'm fired <laughs> before they come to Los Angeles next month. Hey. You want to be all be all ready there with uh, a person coaching the team for sure, who's definitely going to make sure they win in Los Angeles. Amazing, amazing stuff. Uh, what? Uh, yeah. So just just a light week, light week all around. Just a light week, uh, and enjoying arguing with a concessionaire with whom we volunteer, who is definitely not taking advantage of us, and I definitely have time to argue with them about why laborers should be paid for their labor. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if only that was relevant uh, in this, this Sunday's texts, perhaps, perhaps we'll get to that. Perhaps we'll. Kien we'll get Sabe as they say. How's the, uh, how's the pricing structure working for your, uh, your event? Is that, I know you had a creative idea. Is it working well? I think so. I haven't seen total numbers in terms of how much we've raised, uh, but people are doing it. People are into it. Uh, you know, we said uh, suggested donation is your age in dollars or choose your own currency. If your financial situation requires you to donate at a different level or calls you to donate at a higher level, uh, you know, you could donate at the uh, euro or pound level. Yeah. Which had, and, until recently was not even, but I think these days it is. Yeah. That's where my mind went when you said different currency. Yeah, Bitcoin. You know, maybe you're not taking Bitcoin though. I don't. Uh, I'll take Bitcoin. We don't have a we have a gift policy, but not on Bitcoin. So we'll have to really figure that out. Oh, yeah, it's nearly one to one. Dollar a little stronger right now than uh, uh, than the euro. Trying to find the pound, which (sighs) United. Yeah, I can't find it in the drop-down menu. This is what you come for, listeners. This is the good stuff. Currency exchange rates. Currency exchange rates. We did the weather. All right. Well, I'll have to Google it a different way. Um, Pound sterling is what it's under. Gosh. Uh, U.S. dollar. Not quite as strong as the pound. So you can give him pounds (laughs) if you're too wealthy. Good to know. Good. Good to know. I'm I've got to get. Uh, I've got to get up on all that. I'm going to Europe next year. I've been reading all the Rick Steves. I'm in my second Rick Steves book, <laughs> audio book. It's pretty. 
<laughs> it's pretty great stuff. Uh, so yeah, I'm gonna have to get up on this this currency exchange rate. Mm. Mm. A lot of important stuff is happening. Uh, like you, Matt, having a hard out uh, on this podcast. So we got to move quickly. Would you like to explain to our dear listeners what your hard well, out this is? This is just the kind of ministry that I do here in South LA. The most exciting thing uh, in my week was that uh, Wakanda Forever dropped a new trailer and tickets went on sale. So immediately within five minutes, I was on the telephone uh, with some with some colleagues. Hey, we got to organize a movie outing. Oh, I thought uh, you were on the telephone with Fandango. You were well, that was the, the next. That was the next call yeah. to Fandango. Uh, doing a lot of doing a lot of calculations. How can we make this work? Um, we're going to uh, we're, we're we're organizing a big group outing. Black Panther came out. We had about eighty people. Uh, we're going to go even bigger this time. It's pretty pretty great stuff. Uh, I believe it's going to go through St. Mark's. Uh, it's going to buy the tickets, and, and you can pay St. Mark's. And the bishop I heard said what St. Mark's has the capacity to do that? Uh, and my response was, uh, if I care about it, <laughs> I have the capacity to, to figure it out. <laughs> you just have a credit card. You're good to go. Yeah, you know, like uh, now if you were going to ask me something else, I might be like, ah, we just, we don't have the capacity. I'm sorry. You know, but uh, so, um, so anyway, I was working on that. Uh, we're going to do that on Sunday, November 13th. And then about an hour later, I get an email from youtube.com that, uh, Everyone's favorite lion from Sing 2 uh, is going on tour for his book tour in November. And he's going to be in L.A. on November 13th. So I'm going to have a busy day. I'm going to go see Black Panther. going to see Wakanda forever in the afternoon. Then make my way over to the Orpheum Theater, which I've never the been Orpheum. to. The Orpheum. Yeah. Uh, which I've never, never been to. Uh, and uh, and see Bono. Apparently he's going he's gonna to sing some songs. So that's fun. Uh, and hopefully I make it on time. But uh, the tickets that is one of my today. expectations for every book tour I go to or book signing. I expect the author to sing. Well, and he's not going to sign books. Like this is the most the most important part of a book tour is the moment of awkwardness when you have your like yeah, that's your what fifteen you're seconds. Your fifteen mm-hmm. seconds with this person, and uh, apparently not going to not going to get that. But still, have you heard Michael Creighton sing? It's beautiful. <laughs> I have. I have not heard the late Michael Creighton. Sing. James Patterson. <laughs> In song is something to behold. <laughs> oh, Jody oh Picoult. Wow. Her vocals are the greatest vocals you'll ever hear from a bulk paperback writer. I'm trying to think who I've seen on a book tour. Neil Gaiman, for sure. Michael Shaman. I don't know. But this should be a good one. Should be good, Zach. Should be good. Sounds great. I'm excited for you and hope you get yeah, the so Ticketmaster gods look down upon you in favor. That we're working on uh, this week. Absolutely. <laughs> well, so, uh, yeah. What? How are, you, uh, how are you sleeping these days? How am I sleeping? You getting good sleep? Sure. Yeah. Or are you being awoken in the middle of the night by a night visitor who wrestles with I you? Just going, time. and then uh, yeah, yeah. I wonder if there's some good. Uh, if you want to preach your your Sandman. Sermon. Mm, maybe, uh, maybe this is the time when uh, no one in your congregation will know what you're talking about, but you'll probably have mm. some fun writing it. So that'll be great. Yeah. If you're looking for a pop culture sermon, uh, I'm not sure Sandman is the best source material in terms of being able to engage people. It does seem like an episode of Sandman, though. It could, it could work. It does. Yeah. I mean, it goes that way. I'm not sure it goes the other way mm-hmm. effectively. Yeah. Well, uh, let's talk about it. Time. For the text, T4T. T4T. That same night, 
We're here in Genesis 32. Jacob, Yaakov, got up and he took his two wives, his two mates, and his 11 children and crossed the fort of the Jabbok. And he took them and sent them across the stream. And likewise, everything that he had. Jacob was left alone. And a man came and wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he struck him on the hip socket. And his hip was put out of joint as Jacob wrestled with him. Then he said, let me go for the day is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And so he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. Then the man said, you shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with God and with humans and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, please tell me your name. But he said, why is it that you ask me my name? And there he blessed him. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, for I have seen God face to face, and yet my life is preserved. And the sun rose upon him as he passed Penuel, whose spelling changed within one verse, limping because of his hip. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Classic. One of the best Bible stories ever. Yeah. One of your favorites. It is one of my favorites. There's so much good stuff here. But, uh, you know, it's my favorite because of the mystery about it and the uncertainness about it, that the wrestling happens in the middle of the night and you can't see. It is presumed by most listeners that this is an angel or something, but it's unclear. It says a man uh, it does not claim an angel for itself. Uh, Jacob wrestles, uh, sees God face to face, and yet still doesn't know God's name. Uh, and Jacob leaves the wrestling injured, limping because of his hip. He gets his tattoo, his scar, uh, the sign that he has been through the waters. Uh, lovely. So many places you can go with that. Lovely. So many places. So many places indeed. I feel like we get this a couple times in the lectionary. I know we get it in the one of the summer semi-continuous texts. Um, I feel like it turns up elsewhere because we, we talk about it a lot. Maybe it's just because we like it so much. Um. But yeah, a lot of mystery here. Uh, great for October. Definitely one of the spooky Bible stories. Gotta love those. Um, it seems like here uh, it's placed in a complimentary way to um, to encourage that persistence where Jacob persists all night long. So maybe that's the direction you go if you're going to preach it this time. Uh, but lots, lots of possibility. Fun fact, there is a bicycle shop in Inglewood. Uh, not far from Chapel of Peace Lutheran Church that is called Penuel Bicycles. Mm. Every time I drive by it, I wonder what the connection is between <laughs> the story and bicycles. Uh, the bikes all are uh, slightly broken, so they kind of like, <laughs> yeah. it's a bumpy ride. You know, they kind of I'm going to the stop there and just ask ask the, uh, the owner, hey, what's up with the name? I think you should. I think. Maybe next time I'll do it before we record a podcast, so I'll have a story to tell. <laughs> Let's talk about things we're going to do in the future, Matt. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I love the story of Jacob generally as well. So that also leads to my, um, how much I enjoy this particular story within the greater context. You should know here, Jacob has, uh, at this point, this is the pivotal moment in Jacob's life as well uh, within a larger context. Jacob, as you might recall, stole his brother's birthright. He, he got him to trade it. Uh, for a bowl of soup, uh, which must have been great soup. Uh, he tricked his father 
uh, into giving him the birthright because he uh, put lamb's wool, like a sheepskin on his face. And his brother was so hairy that his blind father by touch couldn't tell them apart or, you know, tell the difference in their voices. Uh, so he steals that and runs away because he's scared. Uh, he tries to, to marry Rebecca, but he gets out uh, schemed by Laban, uh, Rebecca's father, and he tricks him into marrying the wrong person, uh, which doesn't speak well to Jacob's like awareness, uh, to anyone's really awareness of, of accidentally consummating a marriage with the wrong woman. Uh, tricks him into like two more years of hard service, hard labor, working for him in order to earn the right to marry Rebecca. And so um, what Jacob decides to do is uh, steal Rebecca and his first wife. What was the first wife's name? Leah. Leah. There you Princess go. Princess Leah. Princess Leah and Rebecca and uh, a bunch of cattle and stuff and is running away. Uh, and then and Laban and his forces are in hot pursuit. Uh, and Jacob has nowhere to go. So he's running back to his brother Esau, from whom he just stole his birthright. And the reason he takes all of his, his wives, his maids, his 11 children, the concubines, the cattle, everything, and he puts them on one side of the river. And then he goes back to the other side and spins them out on the other side is presumably Esau might've heard that he's coming and that Esau might not be happy about it. And so he wants all this other stuff in front of him so that Esau can tire himself out while murdering and killing all of his stuff. And by the time he gets to Jacob at the very end, he might be tired and they might can like, he can not get killed. So it's an act of self-preservation. Uh, and it is in the midst of that self-preservation and trying to project strength that uh, Jacob is found vulnerable and weak by God. Uh, and so you get that lovely like reversal upside downness of things. Yeah, really, really good stuff. Um, and then from here, Jacob's behavior changes. Jacob the conniver becomes Jacob the reconciler. He will, spoilers, go on to reconcile with Esau. Um, and how he moves in the world changes literally and figuratively, you know, in that he now has a limp uh, and now is uh, about bringing people together. Yeah, it's a really good... Jacob is such a Loki character. Mm, good one. I mean, just <laughs> to bring in the Marvel Universe, but maybe uh, just the mythological universe, uh, any trickster character or Loki character, but Loki is our uh, current pop culture Jacob example of this. Loki. Yeah. But but I think it's relevant, too, for the, you know, as as this complements the gospel, that there is, there, there are all these characters that are morally ambiguous, right? Um, even straight up villains, <laughs> like this judge. But even God at the end of that gospel, which we'll get to in a minute, seems sort of like, wait, what? Like, um, it kind of plays with our expectations of good people, bad people, saints, sinners. It really messes all that up um, and puts something else in its place. I don't know. That seems relevant to me though. The, the nature of these characters um, is not quite so cut and dry. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's the possibility that the night visitor here is a vampire. Possible. Right. It's going to be oh, uh, what we do in the shadows. This is what, what we, we do, do in the shadows. shadows. That is That's the, the title of your sermon. sermon. This is <laughs> what we do in the shadows. Yeah. Yeah, I can only imagine. Uh, some we should we can retell this story. You know what would we, what we do in the shadows way with the little interviews and Lazlo. Colin Robinson yeah. talking about telling you about dopamine, like go like do it well. <laughs> 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 That'd be great. That's good. I wish 
any of us could do impressions of any of the characters. <laughs> yeah. Um, alas. <laughs> I would like to see to hear Guillermo's take on this story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> I mean, Guillermo's a fighter. He, yes. Yeah. He might jump wrestle all night. <laughs> Man. Oh, what a good one. Uh, dear listeners, still looking for a great Jacob wrestling tattoo. Uh, I've not seen it, so pass it along. Hmm. Second Timothy. Second Timothy, best Timothy. As for you, continue in what you have learned and firmly believe, knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood you have known the sacred writings that are able to instruct you for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that everyone who belongs to God may be proficient, equipped for every good work. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing in his kingdom, I solemnly urge you, proclaim the message. Be persistent, whether the time is favorable or unfavorable. Convince, rebuke, and encourage with the utmost patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not put up with sound doctrine, but have itching ears, and they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own desires, and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander away to myths. As for you... Always be sober, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, carry out your ministry fully. Word of the Lord. Thanks uh, be to God here. Sound doctrine again. We got another. This is just a podcast titles all over the place. The sound teaching last week, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you do a whole sound series. If only you thought of it a month ago, you totally could have done that. Uh, that's why you should read ahead and not listen to this podcast. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if anyone's uh, preaching on this text this week with two good stories uh, on either mm-hmm. side of it, um, but uh, but here it is. Uh, I do, I'm always drawn, drawn to that all scriptures inspired by God. We'll always remember in CPE when my Missouri Synod supervisor uh, asked me if I believed in the inerrant word of God. And I was like, because uh, apparently you can take this verse and uh, extrapolate from it. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of things, so that's uh, interesting. Maybe interesting to, if you want to talk about scripture, I guess you could use that line to think about what that means, uh, and do a kind of teaching sermon. But again, just think those stories are too good. Um, I also, I'm also struck in the second half of this passage. Uh, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own desires. Uh, there was an article in the New York Times this week about. Uh, some students at uh, one of the East Coast universities petitioning to get their teacher fired, the professor fired because he wasn't giving them good enough grades, which is a uh, pretty great. <laughs> the story may have been more complicated, but there is still this tension, right? Mm-hmm. Between, uh, yeah, uh, students and teachers. So, I yeah. mean, that is right. Like attention at the heart of higher education in the United States, right? Where it's yeah. highly competitive in terms of getting students to come to the university, right? And then if, I mean, I think I think I'm still. We've talked about it before, right? Deconstruction is a critical part of like formation and uh, and that transform and transformation in particular. And so, how do you introduce elements that deconstruct? Because that is typically uncomfortable when you're paying for an experience at a luxury resort, uh, styling itself as a university. Uh, how do you fit? How yeah. do things square together? Yeah, not yeah. so easy. Mm-hmm. Or how do you do it? Right? How do I do it? Right? Is always a thing for me. 
Um, not that I'm looking to like <laughs> be mean to students, right? But like in our environment where it's so people are building new routines and stuff, right? And so we're always trying to to recruit for lack of a better term to attract new people to make it this feel like a place that you can be at home. And yet I think a bit, an important part of what we do is deconstruct stuff, right? So when do we, where is the appropriate place to do that? Cause it's probably not the first, the first step is probably not a good place to, uh, to jump in and be like, Oh, everything you know is wrong. You know, like, um, yeah. When do, you, when do you tell them they're idiots? You know, that's the, that's a joke. I don't believe that. You can't just give the people what they want. Mm. I do love this phrase. They have itching ears. I like that. You could do something with that. Itching ears. I like those little phrases. Like burning you know, see Zach just uh, scratching his ear I'm, there. I'm itching my ears. Audio podcast. <laughs> but he was itching his ears. <sighs> oh, goodness. Always be sober, Matt. Uh, this gospel uh, is a uh, sober gospel, a sobering message about persistence, about the things, hey, these texts are all fit together here. Uh, Timothy encouraging all that. Uh, be persistent, whether the time is favorable or unfavorable. Jesus told his disciples, we're getting on into Luke here, 18 chapters in, if you've been counting, uh, about their need to pray always and to not lose heart. And he said, in a certain city, there was a, I won't say which city, but in a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor had respect for humans. Uh, great judge. That's what you're looking for in mm-hmm. uh, in the judiciary branch of the government. You want to say, hey, uh, I mean, I know we've got separation of church and state here, right? So like maybe whether they're not they fear God is not so important, uh, but you definitely don't want them to have any respect for humans. Uh, this judge checked both those boxes. No, uh, didn't fear God, had no respect for humans. And in that city, there was a widow who kept coming to him, calling him over and over on his landline, which is a pain. We all know that. Saying, grant me justice against my opponent. If we'd let it go to voicemail, Matt, that's what we would have heard. Grant me justice against my opponent. And for a while, he refused. But later, he said to himself, though I have no fear of God. <laughs> I love it. That's my favorite part of Bible stories is when they're like self-referential. Though I have no fear of God and no respect for anyone. Because again, remember, this judge did not fear God and had no respect for people. Yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will grant her justice so that she may not wear me out by continually calling. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God grant justice to his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he delay it long in helping them? I tell you, he will quickly grant justice to them. And yet, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? The good news of Jesus. Praise to you, O Christ. You know, this text reminds me, like, I love your highlighting of the judge saying, though I have no fear of God and no respect for anyone. It really, like, it really reminds me of, um, it makes me think of a kind of, like, vaudeville play, right? Like this, this skit, right, that is so played for laughs that the villain even says, though I am a horrible person. Like, it's, it, it is played for laughs, right? Like this, you could see this being acted out and then just going, see, see, this is what I'm saying. Like, um, and so sometimes I think it's some, you know, maybe we overthink this stuff and uh, we're about to overthink it some more, but, um, but sometimes it's like, no, actually this story, Jesus tells a parable to be entertaining and judge, he's got judge. their attention. 
then he's going to give them the message, you know, but it is entertaining and you should tell it that way. <laughs> yeah. Has a whole, uh, Oh, what's the bad guy in inspector gadget? Um, Oh, the chair, cat. Oh, we're not very good at being a pop culture podcast sometimes. <laughs> yeah, we're up on the inspector gadget. <laughs> oh, Dr. Claw. Dr. Claw. Mm-hmm. Judge Claw here. Uh, speaking that. I see in this story, Matt, because um, this is not in Luke, I had to look it up. Uh, Jesus and the Syrophoenician woman. There's shades of that going on here, which is in Matthew and does not occur in Luke, mm-hmm. of the persistence of Jesus saying, you know, I'm only sent to the house of Israel and, um, and uh, calls the calls her a dog. And she says, you know, do not even the dogs get to eat their crumbs that fall from the table. And her daughter is healed. Similarly here, we not so much a story. Um, well, I guess it is a story. Just the uh, same thing played out here, right. Of, of uh, <laughs> complaining, uh, not complaining, but being persistent in uh, demanding justice uh and that that can come even to uh when you're in the court of an unjust judge mm-hmm. which is kind of the role jesus takes in the parable of the Syrophoenician woman he's kind of a jerk more than kind of he is a jerk yeah 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 and and again like like just to draw that that parallel i mean jesus does like a a, a he doesn't quite make that connection but he does then Say okay, this is the this is the metaphor. Um, will God not grant justice? And maybe it's just see, God is not an unjust judge, so of course God would. Um, but it does put God in that weird place. <laughs> You're like, it raises a whole bunch of questions. Um, but again, that's where I think like it's not these cut and dry characters. It's not black and white. It's not fit everyone into a good or bad category. Um, these are all living, breathing characters, including God, who's this um, character that's alive and doesn't always fit into the categories that you want God to fit in. Um, but the call <laughs> is still the same to be persistent. <coughs> Indeed. Um, yeah. There's some straightforwardness to it and also some unexpectedness in it. The gospel, which messes nicely with that story of our good friend Yaakov wrestling at the bend of the river Shabak. It's good. I would just, uh, again, just have some fun with it, dear preachers, because I think it's meant to be a fun story. Literally give me a black eye, yeah. You know, like that person that told me, God bless her. Do you believe in the inerrant word of God? Uh, like there are these ways that we like, we take these texts and we're like, no, we must like tell them solemnly and we must treat them with like, so and yet really. when you read them, it's like, you've got this Jacob story that is just out there. Uh, and you've got this Luke story that is just vaudeville. And like, I think there is, um, I think in the entertaining, in the like, grab you with a story, um, it opens you up to, receive a different kind of truth. And so I, I think there's real value in that and in understanding the way that the, that the Bible has all of these different genres and then you can have fun with it and in having fun with it can reach new insights. So that's what I got, Zach. That's what I got. Mic drop, Matt. Uh, <clears throat> can't think of a great segue here, but this week's episode is brought to you 
by Pod Bless America, our sister podcast that exists only on the Vinyl Preacher. Uh, <laughs> uh, we just released our first episode in about 12 months because that's how we do it. Peter Severson, the director of Lutheran Advocacy Ministry Colorado, joined me and walked me through all the propositions and amendments that you'll find on Colorado's ballot this fall. Because like California, Matt, we have a constitution made out of aluminum foil uh, that we can change and rechange all the time. Uh, we also, uh, Peter gets to act really smart because he knows all these things about the ballot initiatives, uh, the propositions and the amendments. Uh, but I flex on Peter and quiz him on, on state symbols, uh, of which I cheat and do research ahead of time. But this week, uh, we learned what the state fish is in Colorado. Matt, do you know the state fish of California? I do not. Uh, things uh, to learn, goals to put ahead of you. It's the greenback cutthroat trout here in Colorado, uh, which has a great story. It's new to me. Uh, in the 1930s, uh, it was presumed extinct due to mining and the introduction of uh, brook trout, brown trout, and rainbow trout. None of them are native to Colorado. Uh, and so uh, it was thought to be extinct. But in the 50s, they found them uh, up on the South Platte, I believe. And so they're making a comeback. They're threatened species. But just like the Colorado grizzly, I like those stories of animals that uh, die and then are resurrected. Just like Jurassic Park. And uh, that incredible crooner, Michael Crichton. Just, just like it. Uh, oh, our research associate has just come in. Uh, what's, what's that? Yes. Yes, the California state fish. We have two. Uh, freshwater Ooh. state fish. Freshwater state fish is the golden trout. And the mm. saltwater state fish is the Garibaldi. Huh. Yeah. Is it chocolate? I feel like a chocolate fish? Is that what it is? That a, that's Ghirardelli. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Garibaldi was the name of a pizza chain in the Chicago suburbs. So. No, okay. Anyway, yeah, uh, if you would like to spend your time interning for free to be a research associate here at the Vinyl Preacher and join us for all the live shows and receive no compensation, but be briefly alluded to, please let us know. Email the Vinyl Preacher at gmail.com with your resume and uh, uh, salary requirements as long as there's zero dollars. What are we listening to this week? Great week for the playlist. Lots of easy ones here. Uh, Matt, I like the back and forth. What's your name? What's your name in the front? Uh, and there are several What's Your Name songs. Uh, start with the classic. The last charting single of Leonard Skinner. Uh, the last charting single is What's Your Name, Little Girl. Uh, so you can play that. That'd be a nice one to play. Uh, Rihanna with Drake also have a, a What's My Name, which is lovely. Uh, different kind of uh, vibe. Then Leonard Skinner, but you could play that. Then I got two grinding songs, Matt. Nose on the Grindstone by Tyler Childers. Uh, I know we got a lot of folks here who listen to us who really enjoy the Tyler Childers, and we do Ooh. not indulge them enough. Uh, but that's a good new one. It's got a great little uh, new album this week. Dang. Um, yeah. It's got a kind of repeating, there's not a chorus, straight chorus, but the verses, the end, the end of each verse is almost the chorus. Uh, he said, one of these days you'll get out of these hills, keep your nose to the grindstone and out of the pills. Uh, but then the second to the last line always changes. Live the best that you can and don't lie and don't steal. Keep your nose on the grindstone and out of the pills. Uh, and that 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 first verse, the first line uh, keeps changing, but last line remains the same. Uh, I like that. And then uh, again, huge change. Grinding All My Life by Nipsey Hussle is a, that's a good one, man. So uh, stay on that widow's grind. Nice. Uh, how about you, Matt? What are you going to be listening to as you sit on hold, waiting in a virtual line 
to uh, hear Bono sing about books. <laughs> yeah, don't even have a Bono song. Uh, but a little Bono adjacent. Bruce Springsteen, who recently showed up with The Killers. Uh, mm. Wow. Which, uh, you know, I got Lindsey Buckingham at my show, but Springsteen that. Uh, right before oh, Lindsey Buckingham came off the road. I know. Issues. I know. Nuts. Nuts. Uh, well, I'm going to put Springsteen's The Wrestler, uh, which was from a Mickey Rourke movie like 15 years ago or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but The Wrestler to go with uh, that Jacob text. Uh, maybe with Mickey that Rourke scene. looks like Bruce Springsteen sings. <laughs> Interesting take. Uh, continuing the New Jersey theme. I needed to keep the faith song. Uh, so I could do either Michael Jackson's, which is pretty good. Or you know what? I'm going to do Bon Jovi. Bon Jovi, bon Jovi from, uh, or just Bon Jovi? Bon Jovi's uh, bon Keep the Faith. Uh, fun fact, I did go on Ticketmaster and I searched for Bono and it gave me two options for LA shows. One was uh, for Bono and the other one was for Bonobos. Uh, and I wasn't sure which one to pick. <laughs> Isn't Bonobos the same? I think Bonobos is... Uh, and then uh, one more uh, Keep Going song, I Keep Going from Camp. Camp. Two A's. Camp. Two A's. Two A's. Camp really uh, an emerging presence on the playlist over the past like year or so. Yeah, yeah, interesting, interesting stuff. Um, yeah, check out. Uh, you have to check out that new Tyler Shoulders album. Not he, get through get through this weekend, uh, but then I want to get your take on it because it's uh it's it's church adjacent. Did you catch the drop? I've uh, uploaded some more drops. So oh okay, great. <laughs> Helpful for the podcast with uh, Peter, where we got to uh, see whether we were in favor or against uh, propositions. <laughs> wow, excellent work! Excellent. Yeah, I prepared for that podcast. Um, excellent work. <laughs> well, Matt, I've enjoyed our time together. I hope you enjoy your time in line. We're going to get you out right on time, and uh, we'll get right to our listeners. And listeners, know I am as you listen to this, as it hits your. Your itching ears know that I'm less stressed than I was when we recorded it. It's been real. Real stressful.